The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through Him, and without Him nothing came to be. What came to be through Him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace, because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only begotten Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Honestly, when I first saw this Gospel reading for today and read through it, I thought to myself, is there any need to say anything more? I mean, these words are so powerful and illustrative of the truth they profess. Perhaps I should just read it and sit down. But as I prayed over this reading, I was reminded of the importance of a single letter in this writing and how that significance relates to us today. When I was a boy growing up in South Florida, we routinely were visited by a two-person teams representing a certain non-Trinitarian faith-based group that was known for their door-to-door evangelization. My mother, being a faithful Catholic but not a gifted apologist, would simply tell them no thank you and close the door. I, however, was intrigued by this group that took their faith seriously enough to go from door to often slammed door. As I got older, I learned that this group appeared to be well-versed in the Bible certainly more than most Catholics I knew, which made me feel less equipped to enter into discussion with them 
even though I was inclined to engage anyone where words were involved. It was only later, through the teaching of a visiting priest, that I learned that while this group routinely quoted scripture, that their Bible, while quite similar in many ways, was not the same as our Bible. And one of the significant ways in which it was different was in the addition of one single letter in the gospel passage we read this morning. Where Catholic and Protestant Bibles record the words of John chapter 1, verse 1 as, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This group's Bible reads as follows, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Small a, small g. Now, I don't bring this up to disparage or raise a theological debate regarding this group. Quite frankly, I respect any group willing to go door-to-door doing evangelization. Once my own apologetic background improved, I found myself welcoming all such visitors to sit down and discuss our beliefs. Although after a few such visits, I found that I must have been put on a list of some sort as they would skip my house as they went down the street for some reason. But as I said, the reason I bring this up is not to discuss the differences between that group's beliefs and Catholicism, but because as I reflected on the significance that adding this one additional letter made to the text, I realized that in some ways it feels as if part of our world today is attempting to make that change within the Christian church. Not as a result of some differing foundational theological point of view, but simply through the rejection of any claim of exclusive deity or belief. Perceived individual freedom has become more important than declaring the truth that leads to actual freedom. And while the premise is that everyone is okay to believe what they want, it must be a private matter. And any suggestion of a universal truth that what you believe might encroach on what I believe or don't believe is completely unacceptable. Therefore, this statement that Jesus, the Word of God, is God, and therefore the supreme being and superior to all others, would be rejected in favor of the less divisive, more inclusive point of view that Jesus is not the God, but is simply a God. Not the way, just one way. Another option among many to believe whatever one chooses to believe in an effort to avoid conflict, to get along and avoid hostile pushback, in order to be open to every point of view and at all costs avoid being labeled with some negative term, some church members have seen, dare I say aloud, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, to be moved from the status of God to the status of a God as they retreat from the disposition of zealous apostolic believer to that of politically correct, get along, don't be judgmental, everyone is okay, ho-hum believer. Now don't get me wrong, every person certainly has a right to believe as they wish, and we as Catholic Christians are called to love every one of them. However, that does not mean that we have to diminish or reduce the reason we work so hard to love them. And that reason is that Jesus Christ is God, the Creator, the Savior, the just judge. He is not a God. He is not equal to others, one of many cafeteria options. 
He is not some far-out antiquated vestige from the past era. He is the Word made flesh that has dwelt among us, the light that overcomes the darkness, the past, present, and future ruler of the seen and unseen worlds that surround us. He does not have an expiration date. And this verse from John 1.1 does not simply call us to a declaration of Jesus as God, but to the actions of believers that Jesus is God. What God is, who God is, and what that means to the true beliefs of the created in the Creator, of the saved in the Savior. It means nothing if we claim the Word, but do nothing to act in accordance with that claim. While the free will God gives us to choose God or not allows us to choose what we will believe, for those of us who have chosen Jesus, there really isn't an option to believe a little or a lot. The command is to love with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, and our whole strength. And if someone says they have figured out a way to do that halfway, let me know. Because to paraphrase a line from one of my favorite movies, The Princess Bride, if they think that they can love God with their whole being in a part-time, partially engaged way, I don't think that word whole means what they think it means. So as we enter into this new year, basking in the divinely inspired words of this awesome gospel, let us resolve to seek God's grace and empowerment so that we too might testify to the light and witness to the world his glory, his grace, and his truth. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.